0: Welcome to Antelope Road Christian Fellowship. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For service times or to join a disciple group, please visit myarcf.com. This morning we're going to continue on in our journey. Uh, We've been on a series called Saints and Sinners, and last week we finished John chapter 3. We're beginning John chapter 4. So my privilege today is I get to pick up right here at John chapter 4 and kind of set the stage about what's about to take place in, in, in a meeting in a young lady's life, uh, of a Samaritan lady's life uh, at a chance counter called the woman at the well. Many, many of us have heard that story uh, growing up through Sunday school or through different times of preaching. And a lot of times it's taught uh, in a way of how to evangelize how to reach out how to connect with people but this morning I want to talk to you in a way that might be a little bit different I want us to connect and understand who Jesus is in this story um, and what he means to us as he connects with us so it's in John chapter 4 now if you have a Bible uh, with you go ahead and turn to John chapter 4 if you need a Bible we have Bibles in the back that we can hand out to you if you just slip up a hand Um, and somebody will get a Bible in your hands. If you do not have a Bible, please, this is our gift to you. Please take this home, and this will be your new Bible. Um, If you just forgot yours today, and you say, Hey, I need a Bible, someone will go ahead and get that to you. Amen? It's on page 884 in the church Bibles, and it's on my phone here, so I'll read it from here. Reading from the New Living Translation. It says... Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to a Samaritan village of Shekar, near the field that Jacob had gave his son Joseph, Jacob's well, where there was there and Jesus was tired from the long walk and sat wearily beside the well about noontime soon a Samaritan woman came up to draw water and Jesus said to her please give me a drink he was alone at the time because he had said his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food when the, wo- the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans She said to Jesus, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave, us, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. What an exciting encounter. What a neat opportunity to meet together as we look at this passage I want us to understand three things about Jesus Jesus is purposeful Jesus is relational and Jesus is superior we don't want to short circuit the wonderful work of Jesus by just reminding us of Jesus is but we want to see who we are without Jesus see sin has come into the world and has separated us from God But at the time when sin entered the world, God made a plan for us to be reunited to him by sending Jesus to be the bridge, the bridge bridge and the gap between sin and between man. Sin separates us, but Jesus came to repair that rift that caused man to be separated from God. Even though sin entered through the world, would Jesus he heals restores and paid the price for that sin jesus speaks the word of god jesus loves us jesus is the word of god jesus is god sent all loving all caring spirit filled and all authoritative and all authoritative in what he does so we know that everything that jesus does is on purpose in chapter 4 we began where jesus left judea in the south and headed for Galilee in the north, and that he went through Samaria. But what John tells us here might uh, have us think a couple reasons for why he left in verse 4. It says in verses 1 through 4 that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was baptizing more disciples than John. Uh, some might think the reason that Jesus left Judea was because that the Pharisees knew that something was going on there they knew that more people were following Jesus than following John so what would prompt Jesus to leave I think that part of it could have been that people uh, would think that the Pharisees would try to come in and stop the work of what Jesus was doing that they might cause an upheaval and try to take Jesus's life well reality is this Jesus said that no one takes his life, but that he lays it down willingly as a sacrifice. We know that that wasn't Jesus' time, and he knew that as well. The other thought was that it might have given the Pharisees, as they heard, reasons to try to discredit the work that John the Baptist had been doing. John the Baptist was a big thorn in the Pharisee's side always uh, bringing them and confronting them with the truth. One of the last thoughts was that Jesus had a divine appointment. He had a purpose of why he needed to leave, because he needed to meet a certain woman at a certain well. I like that thought. Now, all of them could be true, but the reality is that everything that Jesus does, he does on purpose. As Jesus traveled to Samaria, there was other ways that he could go. In fact, a lot of people avoided Samaria altogether. The Jews would have nothing to do with them. So what they would do is they would go completely around. But Jesus, doing everything on purpose, made a purpose to go to Samaria. Jesus wasn't afraid of the Pharisees. Jesus was leaving for his Purposes and his reasons to meet a person who desperately needed an encounter with him. You know, we use the word divine appointment. And inside the church, that's kind of church language, right? That means that there's a point in a time that God has set up for us to have an encounter with him. I think whether if we've known Jesus all our lives or if we're just getting to know him or just hear about him, God has always had things set aside for us you may have not even known that God has intervened in your life but yet he has in the past maybe it's God brought somebody alongside of the road when you had a flat tire to help you to encourage you maybe it's a time where you were just at your lowest point and God sent somebody there to encourage you I was thinking about the divine the word divine appointment when we See, God has that right person, that right place at the right time for the right reason. I remember a few years back when Kelly and I were, were as many of you know the story, we were trying to go through uh, an adoption process, and it failed really badly. <laughs> and so um, I was here in my office, and literally, it was one of those points in times where it was like, God, why did we have to go through this? God, did you see it? God, do you know what's going on? God, why did this happen? And in that moment, a brother shows up, comes in, and says, God sent me. God sent me. You know, and I, I'm usually the pastor. I like to be the one that God sent, right? I want to be the one, oh, yeah, but this brother got up left his house, and came to the church because God sent him to go talk to a brother. He wasn't even sure who it was. But when he walked in, he said, God sent me here to talk to you and encourage you. Always super grateful for that, Mike. Thank you, brother. You never know who God will use at that point in time, but God is a purposeful God. He will use you. He'll use others. And he himself set the example of what it was to meet somebody with a divine appointment. It's difficult to, excuse me, it's difficult to be sure of the purposes that Jesus had. But we know that he had a purpose. Probably had a thousand different reasons why. But one that compelled him was love. He loves us. Number two, Jesus is relational. God loves us because he loves us because he loves us. Something I'm so grateful about that there's nothing that I can do to ever earn God's love. There's nothing I can ever do that will stop him from loving me. This main relationship, the relationship between Jesus and this woman, A relationship that, by all rights, shouldn't took place. A meeting shouldn't have took place. An encounter shouldn't have happened. But we see that God loves her. That God had a plan and a purpose for her. We get to see that God was driven by love not by social standards but by his love to seek this woman so that he could minister to her now here's the crazy thing about that God knew everything there is to know about this woman in the same way God knows everything there is to know about us but he loves us in spite of that how many times have we been told you're not good enough that you know, you don't quite make it. You don't fit the bar. A lot of times we come into church and we think, man, I have to be perfect. Or, you know, I, I don't, I can't be like these guys. They, they don't sin. They don't do this. Let me tell you what. We are all sinners saved by grace in this room. Every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. I blow it on a regular basis. So I am grateful to the Lord for his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. Don't let the enemy lie to you. We do have an enemy of our souls. And he likes to tell you, you're not good enough. You know what? He's right. But he's only right about that because Jesus is good enough for us. That's right. Jesus makes the difference. Jesus loves grace and mercy. His blood shed upon the cross bridged the gap for us. It's not anything that we could do, but it was a choice that he made to be in relationship with us. Now you might think, "What's so unusual, Pastor? Why is it so unusual for the for for Jesus not to associate with a Samaritan?" Well, you have to understand that the Samaritans were avoided by Jews uh, for for a few different reasons. I want to read it to you the way that uh, that I studied it, so that way I can uh, explain it uh, correctly. After the Syrians captured Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel, in 722 through 21 BC, they deported all the Israelites of substance and settled in the land of foreigners who intermarried with surviving Israelites and adhered to some of the form of their ancient religions. After the exile, the southern kingdom of Babylon, Jews returned to their homeland. They viewed Samaritans not only as children of political rebels, but as racial half-breeds whose religion was tainted by various and unacceptable elements. So here we have the Samaritans were viewed as uh, racial, Religious and ceremonial unclean; they were racially impure. They were and religiously heretical, and they were avoided and disdained by most Jews. Here's where this becomes interesting. Jesus, being a Jew, chose to be in relationship making it a, that divine appointment to make sure that they cross paths. Let me explain the best way that, that they used and that I studied was the analogy back in the 50s and 60s, uh, the, the different cultures, the way that, that the Samaritans and the Jews were, was, would be like us in the 50s and 60s where you had two sets of water fountains. One for the whites and one for color two sets of restrooms one person could eat at a counter one could not one person can ride in the front of the bus the others had to be in the back that's the type of uh, social environment that they were in is that's the Jews did not associate with the people uh, of Samaria in that fashion it's hard to imagine that today but that's what it was so here's Jesus sitting on the water fountain, and he comes to the fountain in car, and the sign says colored or Samaritan. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus was. The Bible says in verse six or eight, he was wearied from his journey, sitting beside the the well, or literally on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, noon. And the Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said, Give me a drink. Now, I like the way that this is set up. Jesus had sent the disciples into town to buy food. Did all the disciples have to go into town and buy food? Or was Jesus sending them away so that he could make sure that he had a one-on-one encounter with this woman where he could show... His relationship to her by loving on her. When he sent the disciples, excuse me, then he sat on the well to be fully conspicuous and unavoidable. Fourth, he asked the woman who he knew was unclean, impure, a disreputable Samaritan. And as we'll find as we study, a a woman caught in a woman who was in an adulterous affair for a drink. He didn't ask for permission to get a drink. He asked to get a drink from her bucket. What an incredible thought. It wasn't that he just wanted a drink he wanted to connect with her and he wanted to use her bucket see one of the neat things about this is Jesus loves us no matter what situation or circumstance we're in he takes us as we are sometimes we think we have to get all cleaned up we have to become old we have to do all these things before we come to Jesus Jesus comes to us just as we are Jesus came to her and it's important that we understand that know that that is who God is he loves us so much that he comes to us Jesus is pursuing this unacceptable relationship by man's standards and by man's rules but last I checked God makes the rules And God sets the standards. See, because God paid the price. So he can make the rules. God has the final say. Because he paid the final price. For those of us that are just exploring this relationship with Jesus, we have to understand that Jesus paid the price for our sin. Sin separates us from God. God's love establishes a bridge so that we can be in relationship with him. Jesus paid that price for us. So Jesus has the right to come across that bridge and to love us just as we are, just where we're at. God is pursuing this woman. And he means to have her in heaven. This grace and mercy poured out for this woman to have relationship with her savior, even though she didn't know he was her savior. God did this by sending his son not to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus broke centuries old taboos and rules that man had set so that he could have a brand new encounter with her. We see God for his glory. We see God for his greatness. We see God full of grace and mercy and truth in this encounter. You know, being the kids pastor here, I love telling this story. Uh, It's a story I call the puppy story. The puppy story is about a little kid who lived next to a guy who raised puppies and raised dogs. Well, every time that the, this guy would have a new litter of puppies, this kid would come over and play with the puppies. He loved playing with the puppies, and that was his thing. Where every time, well, one time, he finally had decided, I want to buy one of these puppies. Now, these are expensive puppies. These are, you know, uh, uh, whole breed, top-of-the-line puppies that there's no way he could afford to buy one of these puppies. But he goes to the guy and says, Mister, I want to buy one of these puppies. And he goes, You can't afford these puppies. They're really expensive. Mister, I have monies. He said, Well, I, I know you have monies, but you're still not gonna have enough. So the kid runs back home, grabs his piggy bank, runs back to him. Cracks his piggy bank open on the ground. Pulls out all his monies. Pulls out all his treasures. And says, is this enough, mister? Alright, what's the guy going to do, right? At this point in time, he goes, taken with emotion. Okay, you can have one of these puppies. So the kid gets so excited, starts going through all the puppies. And he finds the runt of the litter he finds the littlest puppy and this puppy had a di- kind of disformed leg and the guy goes no you can have any puppy you want so he's don't, don't you don't want that puppy that puppy's going to grow up he's going to have a hard time playing games and chasing the ball and you take one of these other puppies and the kid looks at him he says no mister i want this puppy and he walks over and he shows he comes to the guy and he lifts up his pant leg. And here's this little guy with a leg brace from his hip down to his feet. And he goes, This puppy's going to need somebody to show him how to walk and how to play and how to be able to, to move around. And I can show him. The guy's all broken, cries, gives him the puppy. You know what? It's like Jesus. Jesus left heaven to come down to earth. Fully God, yet fully man. Lived a life here. Was tempted in every way. So that he could know us. And he could show us how to live a life. And be in relationship with him. Why did he do it? Because he loves us. When sin entered the world, God sent a plan at that very moment to restore us into relationship with him. Jesus knew what it was to be a man. He understood what it was to be tempted. But because he was sinless, he was able to pay the price for our sin and have relationship with us. God is seeking that relationship with you today. That's what this means. God is purposeful in all that he does. He is purposeful in desiring relationship with us. God loves you. Then the third point is Jesus is superior. Jesus has more to say about the wall between the Samaritans and the Jews because he smashed that wall. He smashed the wall of sin that separates us between him and God, between us and God, excuse me. When he said to the woman, give me a drink. And she questioned that. I love his response when he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you, you would ask me to give you a drink. Establishing who he was. This lady didn't know who he was at that time. Later on in the next week, Pastor Greg's going to get a chance to break down that relationship and how she began to know who he was and and be drawn to Jesus. It's almost like Nicodemus. We studied a, a couple weeks ago. He came to her, a saint, still not understanding who Jesus was asking, how is it possible for me to go back into the womb? And this woman coming to Jesus, or excuse me, Jesus coming to her and saying, what type of water are you talking about? A new life? A new living water? In both encounters, with one coming to Jesus and Jesus going to the other, we see that Jesus is establishing his love grace and mercy poured out on them both. See, you may think that you have to become this awesome person before you come to Christ. You may think that you have to jump through certain hoops, that you might have to obtain a certain level. That is simply not true. Jesus loves you just how you are. And he loves you where you are. And because of his Holy Spirit, he comes to you, where you are drawing you back to him. Because God desires to be in relationship. And because he is superior, he has the right and the privilege to do that. Verse 12, she says, Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, and so did his sons and his livestock. Is Jesus greater than Jacob yes (laughs) absolutely we think why do we think he's greater because Jesus answers that everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks from the water that I will give them will never thirst again yes ma'am I am superior to Jacob and my gift is superior and my water is superior and my well is superior and my sons and daughters are superior and they never will die John 3:16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus offers us a drink from his water. A few things that the water says about Jesus and what he offers for us today. Number one, it's a gift from God. If, verse 10, if you only knew the gift of God. A gift is not something that Oh, we had to earn. Not something we worked for, but it was a gift. God gives good gifts. And his love for us was a gift of God. Number two, verse 10 as well says, it's living water. He would have given you living water. We didn't understand the example. She didn't understand that he's he speaking spiritually. She's like, you don't have a bucket. You don't have a rope. But Jesus is trying to speak to her something different. Talking about the deepness and the vastness of his love. Of his grace. Of his mercy. Number three, since if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. That is, God will satisfy you Always. God will satisfy the longing of your soul that is thirsty. Whoever drinks of the water that I give them will never be thirsty again. Number four, the water becomes a spring, a well of water. The water that I give will become a spring of water. That's why you will never be thirsty again. The gift of God's love, grace, and mercy continually pours out in us, continually fills our souls so that there would be nothing more that we would lack or nothing that we would long for that his love cannot satisfy and fill our hearts. You might have heard that saying that says there's a God-shaped hole inside of us that only God can fill. Well, when that well springs up inside of us, it constantly fills us to overflowing in that spot that only God could fulfill. That only God's love and grace and mercy continue to satisfy us. And number five, he says, This water gives eternal life. A spring of water welling up to eternal life. This life here is short. But God's life is eternal, God's love is eternal. Is my superiority, uh, excuse me, is Jesus show his superiority? Yes, it's his salvation to us. Yes, ma'am, I am superior to Jacob, but I'm not arrogant. I'm not arrogantly superior. I'm graciously superior. My superiority is your salvation. You must decrease so that I can increase. I have water of life when you thirst and all you need is what I have to live. If you believe and only accept that gift that God gives. Friends, as I said I have to I have to leave it there because that's that's this portion is as we kind of close the setup for as we see God draw her. And go through the different stages will come in the next long weeks. But I want to pray with you today. I want to talk to you about understanding that God does everything on purpose. That God's relational. That he loves us because he loves us because he loves us. And God is superior. I want to be able to serve an almighty, all-powerful God. That he has the ability to set the rules that he has the ability to offer life and life to the fullest that God can fill us with everlasting life through his everlasting love so we're gonna go into a time of prayer as we close Now, as we pray I got a couple questions the first one is that if you're new here you're kinda just seeing I like the way pastor says it kicking the tires around of a relationship with Jesus I want to ask you, have you ever thought that God is reaching out to you instead of you just sitting here thinking about God? Maybe you're here today because you needed to hear that God wants to come to you and all you have to do is open your heart to Him and let Him come in and be that relational loving God. Second thought I have for my friends is for those of us that have been serving Jesus maybe all your life or been doing it for a long time. Who do we see ourselves as in this story? A lot of times we see ourselves as Jesus, being the one going out and talking to people, reaching them, and, and sharing God's love and grace and mercy. I want to submit to you that we are the woman at the well. We are the ones that need to continue to have our hearts open To continue to be filled, continue to let Christ pour into us and over us, and continue to let us be overflowed with his love, with his joy. God loves us. He is purposeful, he is relational, and he is superior. And in that superiority, his grace and mercy is found. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you're here today and you serve as one of our prayer counselors, would you just find a position here, maybe in front and on the sides. And today, if you're saying, you know what, Pastor I'd, I'd like somebody to pray with me as we talk about this relationship with Jesus. Maybe today's the day where you open your heart and recognize that he is here. Maybe today's the day that you go, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm in sin and I need to lovingly come back to the Father and let him speak to my heart. Whether if you find a prayer counselor or whether you sit in your seat, I want to encourage you in the just next couple minutes just to find that place with God. And I'll come back and close us.